Hey, welcome guys. Welcome to the Young Adults for Christ podcast. It is episode number eight, you said. Yeah. But episode number one for 2022. Mm. But episode two in our part one and two series yeah. with Zenzo in studio with us. So good to have you again, Zenzo. How are no. you doing? No, great. Thank you. Uh, obviously, Happy New Year. I think, um, yeah, just praying for a blessed year. But yeah, happy to be back on the podcast and excited just to, you know, carry on from where we left off. Good, man. It's really good to have you back. Yeah, when Thank we you. last uh, heard from you, you told us about your life story, about yeah. coming to faith, and um, it was just so epic. We were actually, we thought we could contain it all in like 35 minutes. Yeah. But I remember at about the 20-minute mark, I looked at my watch and I thought, well, there's no way yeah. it's going to get through. There's so much gold yeah. here, we're going to have to do a part two. So I'm super stoked that we get to straddle the year. Mm. Uh, we ended the year with you, we're starting the year with you, and uh, we're just super stoked to have you. And if you are listening to this podcast, thanks for joining us. Um, if you are listening... This is definitely the part two of a conversation. So you need mm. to go back to part one before you can carry on. It's the lo- most yeah. previous episode. Uh, anything from your side, Seb? Yeah, no, I think Happy New Year to you too as well. Thanks, brother. And to everyone listening. And yeah, I'm just excited to have Zenzo back because part one was, you know, it was, was really cool. Mm. And I enjoyed hearing more about who you are and yeah. who you are with Jesus because I think it's two different people. And mm. we, we get the privilege of knowing who you are with Jesus Amen. on a daily basis. But now we get to hear a bit of before yeah. and now today we get to dig in into a bit a of bit deeper, what yeah. it looks like what it looked like in that time of mm. when you were wrestling so that's going to be really yeah. cool so bro maybe like as we can catch people have to sort of refresh their minds the guys who have listened to part one already yeah. um so you taught us a little bit about your story you yeah. said out of a, a new age system of yeah kind of faith uh, went to school, ex- experienced a bit of persecution there, yeah, yeah. Um, pulled through to Rosemary Kenyon Church because you found you needed community mm. to express your faith. Uh, you've been serving in our, in our youth ministry as a youth leader. You're involved in young adults. Mm. Uh, you're just like a fully plugged in person. So maybe, yeah. I mean, that's like a very, very short catch up. But maybe just remind people who you are, what do you do and mm. what do you love about life? Yeah. So, f- I mean, for m- most people know, but um, if they don't, I'm Zenzo, Zenzo Nkosi. Um, I wasn't born into a Christian home, like I mentioned in, in the first part of the of the podcast. So I was born into a system of new ageism. And um, like I explained last last time, like it's a, I believe, actually really demonic belief system. And I just kind of went into why, you know, it's painted as, um, you know, the Bible says, like, Satan comes as an angel of light. Um, and like I just made reference to how... Um, law of attraction and basically trying to exalt myself to become a god and were, were things that I used to believe and I generally thought um, and believed that these things were true. So I grew up in that system from about, you know, when I was born up until I think my grade 11 year, um, which is when I moved to boarding school in the Cape. And it was like the first time I had a bit of independence of thought. So um, a lot, I was wrestling a lot with like what I believed, especially because everything, you know, like law of attraction and supposedly creating your life and making it the way you want it to be kind of manufacturing everything to work out in your will and your way it wasn't my life wasn't panning out like that in fact the opposite was happening um with illness like i said i got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and i had like the worst experience you could um every side effect you can imagine from medication and almost lost my life and so that kind of led me on a path i guess of a bit of doubt depression you know like I mentioned suicidal ideation and just hopelessness um and I guess like I said in desperation and looking back I do think it was the spirit calling me I don't necessarily think I went and sought for God but um yeah he he met me where I was and I said a prayer when I was at my wits end just 
asking for the God of the universe, like you mentioned mm -hmm. last time, which is very generic, um, just to reveal himself to me. And the next day, literally the very next day, my dad, who's obviously the one who introduced us to the, the system, basically called me and said, look, you know, for the past 16 years of your life, I'm sorry, made a mistake, found the God of the Bible. And, um, and I guess, yeah, that was basically the journey, the beginning of my journey to the, you know, the faith. So that happened in about mm -hmm. 2018. And yeah, like you said, joined um, Rosebank towards the end of 2020. And yeah, I guess the rest is history. I've just been fully plugged in, found a, a church family, and now I actually know what it, what it's like to be part of a, a community of believers. And yeah, so that's that's my story, I guess, in a nutshell. That's good, bro. So something I want, something when you were talking last yeah. time, which I was like, I want to dial into this, and obviously he, here we are. That's yeah. why we're dialing in. Was um, you spoke about you know you coming to faith, needing a community, mm. found Rosebank Union Church. Um, maybe you can tell us how how did you find Rosebank? Was it mm. online or? Um, so I actually live like two minutes away. Like I, I sometimes can't even like I walk to church sometimes. So yeah, I'd lived. I'd always seen Rosebank. You know, I'd always drive past it. You know, on my way back from school. So it was always, even before I was a Christian, a place that I knew of. I had okay. absolutely no idea. Um, obviously, what the people in the church believed, what was going on there. It was just kind of like a monument that you'd pass. You know, like you see on your way to or back home. You see, oh, you see, you see. Uh, whatever George Lee Park it's mm -hmm. just one of those things that I saw um, but when I became a Christian like I said I started to become very convicted about not actually being plugged into community and one thing about me even while I was in a community I was very passionate about reading the word I think the spirit really stirred something in me to um, to be somebody who was a man of the book you know to read the scriptures and try and grow in my faith but I, real, I realized, like, even with that, like, I still felt very weak and alone. I felt like I was the only believer in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And like I said, conviction really came when I started to read about passages like Hebrews 10, you know, 24 to 25, about not neglecting fellowship with the saints. Mm -hmm. And just as I read, especially the New Testament, just seeing how you saved into community, you know, and like I think I mentioned last time, most of the New Testament epistles and, like, letters are written to churches. And so I was like, why, why am I not a part of this? Um, like I said, I did have bad experiences with the church before, but I, I was now convicted, um, especially in terms of sin, because I had no one keeping me accountable for my sin. And I felt like, well, I should have someone that I should you know, conf well, confess my sins mm -hmm. to, but also yeah. um, have someone who's going to be able to encourage me in the faith, someone much more um, wise and mature in the faith who can help me grow. And so I think there was a bit of pride because, like I said, because I was reading a lot, I felt like I know it all. Like mm -hmm. looking back, I do really think like I knew it all because I am really passionate about theology. So I think the head knowledge, and Paul also says this, you know, it puffs you up. So I did feel like, why do I need church if I can just go straight to the book myself? Yeah. Um, but like I said, that conviction came towards the end of 2020. And then, yeah, that's why I found myself at, at RUC and been serving now as well, which which has also been a blessing because I've been able to use my spiritual gifts. But also, on the other hand, I've had other people's spiritual gifts impact my life so much and help me grow like so much in the faith that wouldn't have been possible if I was, you know, still by myself. So so from like, you know, there's the monument yeah. in your church in the corner, like a fantastic position. You drive yeah. past us, mm -hmm. you know us. Um, you come in, you're like, I've been convicted. Mm. Let me... Let me explore this thing of not neglecting together yeah. mm. the saints, as some of you do, as the Hebrews author puts it. Mm. So, 
Now, you came in mid-pandemic, mm. and yet here you sit, like one of the most connected mm. guys within our young adults community, within the church. Like, mm. you know, all the pastors know who you are, yeah. all the guys and staff, like we know who you are. Um, not because, yeah, because you're a good oak, you know, <laughs> and you're like, you're plugged in, you're part yeah. of the community, but yet you came in mid-pandemic when like social distancing mm. was a thing, mask wearing was a thing. Mm. How did you find such good community because often people push back against a church yeah. like Rosemont Union a big church we are a big church mm. and say I can't find community I'll never find community mm. it's an unfriendly church mm. and some of this might be very true mm. but your experience isn't that so mm. I'd love to hear about it. like how did you get so plugged in mm. I think I was also at the point in my life where um, I'd stopped looking for what I thought was like the perfect church because in mm. my in my head like the perfect church is um Oh, at least it was in my head, like, believes everything I believe, does things the way I want it, you know, sings these hymns, doesn't do this. Like, that was me trying, like, in my mind, like, the church, that's what the church is. And I think I came to the, the realization is that, firstly, that church doesn't exist. And <laughs> if and if it did exist, like, it wouldn't be a perfect church because these are all my personal, like, desires mm-hmm. and, and probably, like, prideful as well desires, like, you know, um, and even though they might be theologically sound on, on some level, like that's not what church is. You don't go to church for yourself. You know, it's not only for you. Like you go there to be fed, but also to feed and use your spiritual gifts. Um, it's, you know, it's like an exchange. We're all there mm. as a family and um, we all benefit from one another. So I think, I like I said, because I was getting convicted and really started to actually study like, okay, what does it mean to be part of a community? What does it mean to go to church? This idea of, the perfect church was completely erased. In fact, I don't know if I shared it last time, but there was a, a quote that I found pretty funny that somebody shared, like, um, there's no such thing as a perfect church, but if you ever find one, don't go because you'll ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, good. So, That's really good. You know, so I kind of thought, like, okay, well, this this fantasy place that I've kind of imagined in my head doesn't exist. So rather than looking for a perfect church, I'm going to look for biblically sound church where, you know, the word is preached, um, sound doctrine where I can expect to be fed, I can expect um, to be held accountable. And yeah, so I think my my standard for joining a church just became very basic. Like what does God want from his church? And when I came to Rosebank, um, I wouldn't say I was skeptical, but I was kind of like, I didn't know what to expect because I'd been to so many churches where I'd been so disappointed because those things weren't met. Mm. Um, so I guess I did come just an expectation but I I was very I think intentional just getting to know like who are the people in this church like who are the pastors and Richard was also coming in at the time that I was coming so he he'd only preached one sermon I think and then we went into lockdown so when I came to like the membership um my classes or whatever he was there and, and I'd already been emailing him before um and I think there was actually a moment where I watched a sermon um by the pastor was here before was it Lee mm, yeah, yeah yeah and it was about um funny enough the RUC YouTube channel actually uploaded it again like sometime last year late last year but yeah the, I watched that sermon and it was basically preaching from a passage in John where Jesus says I've written these things that you may know uh, that you have salvation mm. I can't remember if it's the gospel of John or you know yeah, first John but um is it at the end of the gospel of John it might be it might be but I, I just remember the, sure, the yeah. passage saying you know like um I've written these things that you may know. And he was basically just preaching on the assurance of salvation. 
And it was literally after watching that sermon on, on the website that I thought like, okay, I don't need anything more because I've seen what I've needed to see and I've heard everything. So I'd been emailing Richard. I'd come and I met him in person. I met Pastor Ndaba. Um, I'd shared my story with him. And I think, like I said, I was just very intentional about speaking to the pastors, being open and like getting this church experience. I didn't really know how, how do you do church. So I just mm. went and spoke to the people who, you know, on the ground. Um, and yeah, and then also met Dave who encouraged me to come to youth. And I think that was, had had that not happened, I probably wouldn't be as plugged in as I am now. And um, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a shy person. Like people know me, I'm like very loud and outgoing, but I was a bit nervous to like join a new space with people I didn't know. Mm. Um, but when he did encourage me to come to youth, even though I'd like for the first, you know, like maybe two times, I didn't really speak to much people besides Dave and, um, some would come to me as well and speak. I remember like um, Luke coming once and just being like, hey, can I pray for you? Um, Amy as well coming to speak to me and just being very welcoming and and open and, and loving and just showing me like this is a place where we don't have to have known you for months and months. Like mm-hmm. we love you because we know you're a brother mm-hmm. in Christ. So so for me, and that was like I said, I'd, I'd never been to church. I was like, wow, this is what the church experience is about. Um, and I remember the next time I came, uh, Lungi, who's now like one of my closest friends um, and somebody that also holds me accountable and um, who's just been a real inspiration in my faith. He came and he was like, oh, you know, Pastor's wife told me there's a new guy that I might get along with. He likes football as well. And I think it was from then he just offered me like lift to and from church. And then we built a real bond. So I felt like, wow, this is what it's like to be part of the family of God. I didn't have to prove myself worthy of being part of the clique or the group. Sure. I just came and these people loved me and they've, they've expressed like their spiritual gifts of like hostili- host- hostility. 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 <laughs> oh, that's, no, that's not that's a spiritual gift. That's not, that's definitely not uh, fruits of the spirit. But um, yeah, like hospitality, yeah. love, um, encouragement. And then when I'd, I'd spoken to them and shared my story, because I remember Dave did ask me to share a bit of my story. I'd wanted uh, the youth um, like evenings, I thought like, wow, I could actually also use my gifts potentially to serve in the youth. I was like, I know I'm still new, but I do feel like I could offer something. And so, yeah, obviously Dave was heading out at that mm-hmm. time, but I did speak to Ryan and he was like, yeah, I would love to have you on board. And so I found by plugging myself in like into service, because like I said, we come to church to serve, but also to be served. Mm-hmm. Like it's a mutual mm-hmm. exchange. I found like the connections I made with everyone was like incredible. Like I can go and sit next to anyone in church and I won't really feel like out of place or I'm impeding on somebody's face or like, except this guy, but that's just because he smells, not because (laughs) I'm joking. joking. Um, But yeah, so I I, I did feel, I do feel like I can have a conversation with anyone and I didn't feel like the pastor was some celebrity that I I was inaccessible. I couldn't speak to him. I couldn't question him. There have been times even when I said to, like after a sermon, I go to Richard and be like, what do you mean by that? Because I have a different understanding and and like pick his brain on things and he wouldn't be like, don't question me. Like I'm a man of mm. God, whatever. Like, you know, he waits there and after every sermon, I can go speak to him. Um, and even times where he'd be like, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I actually think of applying that next time. And I'd sure. be like, wow, you know, I've never actually had that experience of where the pastor sees himself as, yes, somebody who's, being called to preach the word and has authority that you know as a church we submit to mm. but not in a way that's like 
I don't take correction. I don't take, um, you know, accountability for anything. Mm. And so, yeah, I think definitely getting plugged in. And like you said, Sebastian, that is a really good way just to be part of the family um, or feel at least connected. As It wasn't easy because I felt a bit shy. Like, uh, you know, what if what are these people going to think? Are they going to think I'm like arrogant, just thinking I can come in and start leading? Or, But that wasn't the case at all. Like, I found that I grew so much and my relationships with everyone at the church grew so much. Um, and I went from feeling like someone who didn't know any Christians at all, and I felt like the only Christian in the world, to feeling like I had a rock, like a foundation with me, and I felt strengthened in my faith. I didn't really fear going out into the world because mm. I knew like I've got brothers and sisters that are praying for me as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's I guess, been the journey. And it has, it, it feels longer than like a year and a couple of months, but because um, it was like, yeah, yeah, October twenty twenty. Yeah. But um 13, yeah. Fourteen months ago, sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so cool, man. But I think that's such a such a cool testimony to mm. to what serving in a church can can mm. do. Because like Brett said at the beginning of of that little question was mm. like being in what some would co- consider a mega church, mm. people more than a thousand congregants. Yeah. Congregants. I think it's easy to get lost and people feel like we're clicky and all mm. these things. A way to get in is to serve, mm. to be down on the ground doing the things, and being a part of that community, mm. even if you are shy, even if you mm. you don't think you're ready. Mm. Get in, you, God will prepare you in the way that He f- finds fit. Mm. So I think that's such a cool testimony to that. Exactly mm. is like you came, and you just started serving, mm. just started loving over God's people, and through that you've been able to find community. Mm. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think from the last podcast. Mm. You mentioned a little snippet of like a, a conversation in the boarding house. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't call it a conversation. Not I'd call it more a like convo. a brawl, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. called it a conversation, but it sounded yeah, more like a, a fight to me. So uh, Yeah. So this is when I was still quite new in like my faith. Um, there's actually like a phrase that people use, like when you're recently saved and you kind of have like your eyes open to everything, like the cage stage where you just kind of like, uh, the any what? the cage stage, yeah, cage stage. yeah. So it's basically that. like if anything's like like bad doctrine or like not sound. Whereas before you'd kind of just like let it slide. Now you're like actually no, that's wrong. And then okay. you kind of like you're just really oh. quick to like jump on things because you've just got this newfound knowledge about. Mm. So mm. I found, I think for me, someone already like ready to jump into conversation, into debates, into discussions. Like I did find myself. Um, and looking back now as well, like was speaking the truth, but not speaking the truth in love always. So I did, like looking back, I do think like, oh wow, I could have done that better. But um, but I also think like it was good because I was so bold. Like looking back, I was like, yo, like I'm not even that bold now. Sometimes like you know, I was just ready to to share the gospel with um, people around me, and um, I wasn't really scared of what people thought. And I think it was because it, I was just like I'd found this treasure, like. I felt like I was doing people a disservice by not sharing like what I'd found mm. out, especially because they had known me as Z- the other guy, Zenzo, the new age guy. Like they, they know they hadn't known me as a Christian. So when I came, like I think a lot of people were taken aback. Like I said, even the teachers were like, "Is this guy on medication? Like what's going on?" Because <laughs> I just changed so drastically and like literally overnight. Um, so I remember in times in, in the boarding house, like um, there was an occasion where there was this boy, um, a Namibian boy, he had. So we had, it was an international school, so we had a lot of Namibians, we had a lot of 
um, we had Belgians, we had French people, we had Colombians. So it was like a lot of um, different like nationalities. And in the boarding house, there were like quite a few Namibians as well. Um, but anyway, that's not really relevant to the story. But he did come into the room. Um, there was a, a quite a big room. My old room, the room that I had the year before, because um, this is like towards the beginning of matric. So he'd come into the room, and and I, I wish I could tell you like how the conversation started, but like I said, I was at that part. Like if somebody brought up something about the Bible, about like I was so ready to talk about it, so ready to defend it. So I'm assuming something like that came about, and and I could see like he was really hostile. Like he really didn't like this whole Jesus thing. He didn't like Christianity, and he made it quite clear. Um, and I just said to him like. Uh, like I'm a Christian so when you say like you hate Christianity or whatever or you hate this you hate Jesus you hate this like I hope you know like that's a direct attack on me because this is what I believe in and this is my Lord and so like we can agree to disagree but I'm not just going to be like it's it's okay for you to hate Jesus because there are consequences Mm -hmm. you know for that and and I was basically telling him like like I don't I don't even want to fight you but like you know, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And and I was just like you, like a hater mm-hmm. of God as well. Like, But there is hope. There is salvation. And that's why Jesus came. He came to die for the very same people that persecuted and hated him. Yeah. So I was basically sharing that with him. And somehow, like, it turned from that into, like, a, a gospel opportunity now. So now I'm, I'm preaching the gospel to him. Mm-hmm. And so now I look around and the room's, like, starting to fill up because... I mean, you could probably fit the whole boarding house in one room. There was, like, people sitting on cupboards, people sitting on beds, like, on desks. So now, before I know it, like, the, the whole room is filled because mm-hmm. now he's starting to get, like, really hostile. And he was like, you know, I hate Christians. I hate Jesus, and I hate the way you guys think, like, you're better than everyone. And like I said, I kept going back to my testimony, like, like I can understand why you think that because Christians, you know, we are also sinners. It's not like we we don't sin anymore. Mm-hmm. But I came from a life of like hating God, loving the things of the world as well, and yet I was still saved. And next thing, like it just got into this thing, like, but why should I follow God's rules? Like, why should I have to do this, this, that? And then I asked him, like, so you're telling me? You, it was like, oh, he mentioned like, like your rules, the the rules in your Bible are so stupid. Like, why would you? Um, like, why would God tell me not to sleep with my neighbor's wife or whatever? Then I was like, so you want to sleep with your neighbor's wife? And he was like, I can if I want. Yeah, why not? And he was just like, oh. and I remember in that moment. It's mo- quite an easy rule for us. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you think like, even if you're not a Christian, I think it's a pretty, yeah. I mean, self-explanatory. <laughs> so it was like, in that moment, I went from kind of like, I want to beat this guy in debate. I want to like show that he's wrong in front of everyone to actually feeling like, really heartbroken and I remember when he said that I actually felt like really heartbroken because I was like wow this is what it's like to be lost and mm. I almost forgot that because I was once there like in that position so I was looking at him and I was like wow like that was me mm. and so I said to him like I'm only telling you these things because I love you like you really have to um, hate someone to believe that there are consequences eternal consequences for actively rejecting Jesus and the gospel and still not share anything with him um, you know, there was like an analogy, like if somebody's in the car and there's a train coming towards them, um, initially you knock on the window and ask them politely to get out. 
But if they keep refusing, there's a moment where you kind of smash the window and pull them out because mm-hmm. if you don't, they're going to get hit by the chain. And I kind of felt like I was in that situation. So I was pleading with him and just telling him and to the point where he was just like, I hate you and I hate you because you're a Christian and I hate your Jesus. Yeah. And I remember like him saying that to me and, and then next thing, like a few of the boys in the boarding house were just like mocking, like, you know, uttering like blasphemous things coming in and like mocking me. So I kind of like, you know, wiped the dust off my feet, left the room and I went back to my bedroom and I was just, yeah, I think I was more upset, not at how things had panned out because I mean, I'd been in, you know, it's only like if you're in a boarding school, obviously like guys are always in altercation. So it wasn't like because mm. of the altercation, but it was just like, wow, there's honestly nothing I can do in and of myself. Mm. I have to pray that the spirit works in him like it worked in me. And I remember other times when people tried sharing the gospel with me and I reacted in a similar way. And it was almost mm. like God showed me, like, look at what I took yeah. you out of. Um, oh, funny, funny enough, that very same guy. So in Matrix, you, you could have your own room or you'd share with someone. Funny story. The next, um, like, next term, I came back. When I came back, there was, like, stuff in my room. And I'd, my roommate had left. He went to go join another room. So I had now the room to myself which was, like, really nice because I could do my quiet times. I could pray, and mm-hmm. I didn't really have, like, somebody else there, like, you know, yeah. who would bother me. I come back from, like, this, the, I think it was the third term now. I come back. There's, like, bags and stuff on the other bed, which was, like, my spare bed because nobody else had the room. I go downstairs. I speak to m- the matron. I was like, what's going on? Why is somebody stuff on my bed? The very same guy who said he hates me for being <laughs> a Christian was put into my room. Sure. So now I had to share a room with him. Oh, no. Like the most intimate, like sleeping in the same room as this person, like whatever, for like a whole term. And I remember being like so angry, like, God, how could you, (laughs) how could you put the guy who hates me in my room? But I do think it was like in that moment, it was also a a time for me just to be a witness for Christ. Mm -hmm. And remember that this is like, these guys aren't my enemies. This is the mission field, you know? Um, But yeah, so that, that was one of the more hostile experiences, but... That's and that guy now? Actually, I haven't I haven't heard from him, but like I don't have anything towards him. I think mm. like I was obviously at the time really offended, but now looking back, like I said, I felt mm. more like, Lord, please work in his heart. Like I would love one day for him to come and say like, Yo, remember that time when I abused you cool. in the boarding school? But like now I'm I'm a Christian. Like that's maybe my prayer. Maybe after this podcast. Maybe maybe if maybe you're watching. Hearing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good for Oh. Something, uh, something else you said last time I thought was funny and uh, I wanted to pick up on yeah. uh, as you were, you were joking about in your soccer club. We asked you a question about yeah. like playing football with your guys um, and then like how you be a Christian in that space. Oh, I remember yeah, yeah. like fines evenings and girls and jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things you said was um, uh, like now they make jokes about how I'm never going to find someone oh, sleeping yeah, yeah. around. But uh, since then... You have a girlfriend, <laughs> not from sleeping around. No, 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 no. Disclaimer. Yeah, um, wonderful young woman from our church. Yeah. Um, how did that happen, and how's y- how's yeah. this young fresh relationship going? Obviously, it's a it's a public yeah, yeah. forum, so you don't have to go into too much yeah, detail. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but how how's it going? D- wait, hold on. Do people know? It depends on who you mean by people. Like in I general. Mean, are you hiding it? No, hiding no. So it's not a problem. So we're not getting in trouble, right? No, no, no. no okay, not cool. getting in trouble. 
Um, yeah, that, that is pretty funny, seeing as I was like, oh, now look, guys, look at me. What are you saying now? <laughs> <laughs> and just, just see how the wedding rings have fallen off his fingers. Since wedding then, rings. Man. What wedding rings? Yeah, he what is the ring? Of, oh, okay. One of those promise rings. I don't know what it is. Before even <laughs> girls were involved. Nah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like a, a massive blessing, I think. Um, yeah, obviously dating isn't, at least for Christians, and I don't think it ever should be, but I know specifically for Christians, it's not like a joke. It's not a, mm. it's not a game. Um, in fact, I did speak to her dad before, even formally asking out, and he even said the same thing. Like, if you don't have the intention of marriage at the end goal of this, then like, don't waste your time, you know? Um, so, so just a clarification yeah. point. So you're not saying if you date someone, or are you saying if no. you date someone, you have to marry them? I mean, like, I I'm not, I'm not, I'm not God, I, so I can't ever say like this is what's going to happen. Yeah. But I feel like there should need, there needs. To, what I'm saying is there needs to be intentionality behind relationships, you know. Yeah. Um, that's good. Uh, it's a good clarification yeah. point because I think sometimes Christians we go no, one no, of two no, ways, no. right? Like, no. if you date, you marry. No, and we're no. not saying that, but no, we're also no. saying don't just go date people yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. fun be exactly. and be like. Ah, just kind of a, f- a year fling yeah, year, yeah, yeah. A six yeah. month fling exactly. And I mean, because that hurts. I think it that does. hurts that your hurts heart people. a lot. It does. It's not not the people alone, like you yourself. Yeah, yeah. both you, of you. And I think like, it's yeah. yeah, it's dangerous as well because, like, if that is somebody else's spouse in the future, like you need to, like, have that in mind. Like, wow, I could actually be potentially hurting somebody else's mm. spouse in the future. Mm. Like, it is, it is. Um, obviously, it's not a life and death situation. You know, we can't control every circumstance. But I think intentionality, like I said, is just important. So, I mean, it took me a couple of months actually just to formally go and actually now, okay, I'm going to pursue this person. Um, apparently, I was not discreet, according to Seb, but nobody I knew. I didn't see it coming. There we go. I thought it was very discreet. Thank you. Yeah, but you, thought you did it very well. Yeah, but I'm on the outside. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You, everyone says that after, after the fact, like, oh, we knew all along. But when knew, the process bro. is there, nobody ever knows anything. <laughs> I so. knew. You didn't even have to tell me. I just knew. Okay. Okay, of course. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, she's a, a lovely girl, um, godly girl as well. And I think that was the most important thing is looking for someone who's not going to like take me backwards in my faith, but mm. someone who's going to push me, um, push me even further than I am now in terms of loving God and, and honoring him. That's good. So yeah, is a is a big blessing and, and something I do take seriously, not just like, we'll see where it goes, if, if it flops, cool. If, like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there is obviously, like I said, intentionality there, but... Yeah. Also, just making the distinction like dating someone is not like marriage as well. Like you're not married mm-hmm. to this person. So I think boundaries are also really important, and involving other people in the relationship, like other people from the church, other people who've been in relationships longer, who are wiser, who mm-hmm. could be like, "This isn't such a good idea." You know, when we did this, this happened. Or this is a good idea. Um, we believe it's beneficial for these reasons, ABC. Yeah. Um, but it is still early days, but. Um, yeah, very happy, and I feel very blessed. Yeah, good man. Sure, I'm happy to hear you in a relationship. <laughs> Maybe one day I can join you. Yeah, join the club one day. We'll yeah. pray for you, bro. Praying it's for you, woman of God. It's been an honor having you. Thanks, guys. And I think yeah. we we've we've really learned from you, which is cool, and I hope other people have too. Yeah, it's been Appreciate an honor that. having you as the first guest times yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. First I and second th- guest. I think when we do couch sessions, we just plan an hour, ten minutes. Yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, we'll, one shot. We'll definitely split that for you guys. Because yes. <laughs> hour, ten minutes, one sitting. <laughs> hey, that's a bit rough, eh? Not yeah. when you're listening to a story like this. Yeah, no. Maybe Zenzo can keep them engaged. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but bro, like, just so encouraged by your life. I think. Um, I think something you said uh, in the beginning, mm. or when you were t- just telling us part of your life mm. about how, you know, uh, what's it called, the cage. 
Caged age. Caged age. Yeah. It's actually so true, man. Um, like when you first come to faith, that mm. like zealous, that yeah. zeal for the jail for the Lord, and you yeah. fight. Things. Yeah. And I think there is a softening that happens. Mm. Obviously, there's like that cage stage, you soften, mm. but to hold on to that truth mm. and let that zeal continue to push you through. I think yeah. that's where, like, I see you now, you know, you're like, you're still zealous for the Lord, mm. but you've softened and there's yeah. love. And I've only known you for a year now, but like there's compassion for mm. people and a joy and a hope to see people move forward in their faith. And, you, and you've been a Christian for like three years, man. Mm. So wow. you're just such an encouragement. So thank no, you. Praise God. Thank well, you so much. And uh, there's none of that hostility. Yeah, yeah. That you spoke of. Yeah, just hospitality. <laughs> just hospitality yeah. now. Thanks, the hostility is lost. No, so no, no. It's been an honor to watch as well. Yeah. yeah, praise God. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, sir. And yeah, thanks to you guys listening. And we'll see you again in two weeks. Peace. Peace. Peace.